Hello everyone. Hi everybody. Hey, welcome to our series that we've been doing on marriage and we've titled it, We've Got Marriage, marriage Problems, problems. but we, we really don't, at least not at the current time. And <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but everybody has marriage problems mm -hmm. from time to time, every couple. And we've been doing this series over the last several weeks to try to help anyone who's been having marriage problems or whatever to, to solve those problems, yes. resolve those problems, make their marriage uh, good and strong and uh, if you if you're not if you're out there listening to this and you don't have marriage problems it's always good to review because again we all run into, into all couples run into marriage problems here or there and the key to it is is this we're all going to have all couples are going to have marriage problems but it's it's the working through those problems successfully that's right that that's important and so um, but what we've been doing is we've been looking at marriage a to z and we've been going through the alphabet, and we've been taking letter or words that start with A, B, C, and so on, and using those words to try to help people with their marriage, talk about marriages. And we're not getting all the words that we possibly could because we couldn't think of them all. But we're, we're I think we're doing. We've a pretty shared good... a lot of really good insights, a lot of yeah. good uh, tips to have a healthy marriage. Yes, and using this technique of yes. just looking at some words and so forth from the alphabet you get what i'm saying so hey if you've missed any of our previous sessions we'd like to invite you to go back into our archives and you can get anything that you you've missed uh, for free so it's mm -hmm. all available to you and uh, so marriage a to z we've gotten through all the way down uh, up right up to the letter l and we're on l now so we'll we'll pick up there now there's a lot of words i i would think that start with l that we could apply to marriage but I can't think of a better word to use to apply to marriage than the word love. Mm -hmm. Can you? No, I cannot. Love. And uh, so anyway, let's let's pick up with, with love. Yeah, love is not just a romantic feeling. It's a decision that we make. It's something that we decide uh, on purpose to do. Uh, sometimes it can be a very hard decision, but this is true love, to decide to love someone. Yes, and that you know it happens a lot of times when when people meet. Initially, they 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 think they're in love, and they they it's have a, you know there's a the hormones are running, romantic and, energy, and romantic, and all of that. And not, there, there's nothing wrong with mm -hmm. that. But you know, a lot of times couples get married. Uh, they get married too quick a lot of times, too quickly. Say it that way. And uh, because they're running on that, that that romance and that hormones and you know we, we always recommended um, that that couples take at least two years to get to to know one another mm -hmm. to build a friendship to build to build right to build a friendship and so forth before they get married because you don't want to just meet somebody and and just go out with them a, a very brief period of time and think you're in love mm -hmm. and again you've got the hormones running and is romance and all of that and and anybody can put their best foot forward for a brief period of time but uh, uh, you know I, we recommend at least two years I heard somebody say this um, you know go out for at least at least one year minimum because then you can see your your uh, future spouse if you wind up getting married in each of the seasons of the year you know and because he might turn into a different person when football season starts you That's know right. or, or she might turn into somebody a uh, different kind of a person when 
I don't know. Some other season. Some other season starts. So, but but you know, so someone said a minimum of a year. We've always recommended two years because in two, it, you know, it, and that's not a hard and a fast rule. But a lot of times people think they're in love, mm-hmm. Diane, and they're just, and they're, and they're not. Yeah. And, and I a re- couple years gives people time to really think things through if they have the mind to do it. Right. And I, I've experienced this in my own life growing up with uh, a. a, a there were two girls that I that I that I knew growing up that I would have considered marrying. Thank God I didn't. I got you. I got the best. But I, looking back at it, I wasn't in love with either one of them. But I thought I was in love, right. and 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 I was really more in love with the idea of being in love. Mm-hmm. That can do it, <laughs> and that can do it. And a lot of people get get married based on that. And, and, you know, they're, they're in love with the idea of being in love. They found someone, and as we've said, the emotions are running high and hot, and they want to get married right away. And then they get married, and then they realize, uh-oh, you know, after about six months, the honeymoon's worn off. And as we've been saying in this series, the things that, that, that the differences in each one, you know, opposites attract, the differences that attracted them now, oh, and, 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 they, and they start repelling one another. And if you don't have love... Mm-hmm. Love, real love, as we're going to talk about, is what holds a marriage together long right. term. So, you know, we didn't have any of that in our notes, did we? No. But, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit's leading us and helping us to help people. Maybe there's some people out there that needed to hear that. So don't get married too quick. Be sure that you're really in love with somebody and you have the love that we're going to talk about here before mm-hmm. you get married because that's the only real chance you have of, of having a long-lasting, fruitful marriage. And that you're going to commit to love them even when those feelings aren't there. Exactly, exactly. To love them even when the feelings aren't there because the feelings aren't always there, are right. they? No. I mean, they're just not. And so, yeah, and I guess we could sum it up, don't get married on a feeling. Right. Just based on a on a feeling, of an ugly-wiggly feeling, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know what ugly-wiggly means? <laughs> I do. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so love. Let's talk about love. Um, now, in the you know the Bible, the New Testament was written in Greek, and so in the Greek, the, in English, we have one word for love, mm-hmm. and, and in, in the Greek language, there's three basic words for love, and one one of the one of the words means friendship, friendship, mm-hmm. and I, I mean I feel very strongly about this that 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 before. Uh, 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 man and a woman get married, they should really become best friends. Yeah, have a very strong friendship. They should really be best friends. And I've, I've heard a lot of couples over the years, they'll be talking, you know, and they'll say, well, you know, the, the lady will say, well, you know, Mary, Mary over here is my best friend. Or the guy will say, well, you know, Bill over here is my best friend. But, you know, and I get, I get that. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not coming against that. I mean, you have best friends and, you know, but the point I'm trying to make is, uh, you know, the husband and the wife should be best friends. Right. You are my best friend, mm-hmm. not somebody else. Right. And I get what people are saying when they say so-and-so is my best friend and it's not mm-hmm. their spouse. I get it. But but when you get right down to it, a, a lot of them, their their spouse isn't their best friend. Right. They're just not. And That's so, really sad. And it's sad. So, so you have always been not only my wife, 
but my best friend. And you have been mine. And, and it I, makes all the difference in the world. It does, and I think that's helped keep our marriage strong. Mm-hmm. Is that we are we are best friends. Right. So when I when somebody's talking about friendship, I say, well, my wife Diane is my best friend. Mm-hmm. So there's a word in Greek, love for friendship. And and then there's another word that means it has to do with sexual relations, and 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 passion and that sort of thing. And, you know, every marriage should have that mm-hmm. also. Absolutely, that's very important. But, you know, as we were talking about just a moment ago when we before we got to this point, a lot of people, a lot of couples get married based on, on sex and mm-hmm. sexual things. And, and while that's important, sex is, is you know, I, I heard somebody say it this way. Sex is God's wedding present to a, hus- a man and a woman. Because marriage is between a man and a woman as a husband, you know, a man and a woman. Let me say, marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman. And the sex is God's wedding present to that man and a woman when they get married. That's God's present, mm-hmm. is, is sex. And sex is a holy thing. It's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. But there's too many marriages that... that the couples get married based on sex mm-hmm. and this erotic type of feeling, and I tell you that will not last. Right. That won't, will if if all I've said this for years and it's true. If all you have in a marriage is sex, you got you got you got nothing because mm-hmm. that 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 sexual relationship it ought to be there. It's a good holy thing, but it won't hold a marriage together. Right. Absolutely will not do it. And over many years, as we've had people come into the office with marriage problems, I haven't had one of them yet come in and say, well, we're, we're looking at getting a divorce because of, of, of the sex. It's not a sexual, it's these other things that cause, cause right. problems in marriage. So, so what I'm trying to say is sex is important. It's, mm-hmm. it, it really is. And it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing, but you should not uh, ever get married based on that. Cause if that's all you have in a relationship, it's not going to hold it together. That's right. So then, then, so there's the friendship love in the Bible. One of the Greek words is friendship love, and then there's another sexual love. But the one that's going to hold your marriage together long term is is it's the Greek word agape, and it 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 means uh, unconditional love. And there's no feelings in, involved in it, you know really at all I and mean, it's not based on it's not based on feelings it's based on a decision that you've made to love someone that's right and so that's the kind of love that that a couple must have in their marriage if it's going to last long term and be fruitful is unconditional love and you told me many times that over the years that a woman wants to know that she's going to be loved unconditionally no matter what mm-hmm. And and you know what I can speak at least from the for the men I think we want it, we want that too absolutely everybody needs that right that we're going to be loved by our spouse you know uh, we're going to be loved by our spouse if we if we goof up make a mistake or whatever you know now I'm not talking about you know unfaithfulness and all I'm just talking about if I if I goof something up mm-hmm. you're still going to love me that's right I uh, am right. <laughs> Aren't you? Or if I goof up, you're still going to love yeah, me. Yeah, you know, if we make a mistake. Or like, for example, a good example. Here's the time I took the weed eater, and I accidentally... <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> no, it was a good day in, here at our house. But I, I was trying to clean up an area that had gotten... I thought it was looking shabby, 
But it, what was it that I caught? Irises? Your irises. I, I Put mowed, them all down to the ground. <laughs> I mowed them down because I thought it was we were supposed to do that. And I know we've cut those down before. Not to the ground. But not to the ground. <laughs> all right. So isn't there a certain height you want to cut them down? And, About six to eight so, inches. And not with a weed eater. Yeah, we we, we kind of destroyed the whole right, thing. Right. We used something <laughs> like a scissors or a hedge trimmer or something, but not the weed it eater. Very, it was a day of mourning. It was a day of mourning. <laughs> yeah, but, and they're very beautiful. I, and I didn't mean any harm. I just goofed. Up and and now you were not a happy camper that day. I was really sad. And, and you were some other things too. You were, but you, you were you were angry. But you did not come up there and yell and scream and chew on me and go on and call me. Na- you didn't do that. You've never done that. You you've always been uh, very good in that area, and I appreciate it. You never did uh, those sorts of things. But you were angry. You were not happy. But but did you still love me? I still loved you. <laughs> and and that that has to do with this unconditional love. And actually in the in the Bible, in the if you have your Bibles there, go to First Corinthians the thirteenth chapter. First Corinthians the thirteenth chapter. We're gonna be reading some verses out of the Amplified Classic Version. And in these verses, there's let's see, one, two, three, there's four verses that the Bible talks about how this agape that's the Greek word, it, love, unconditional love, how it operates, how it acts, how it functions. And we, I mean, it'd do good if a couple, and we've told many couples this over the years, if you're having trouble, you know, in your marriage, go read these verses mm-hmm. and do them and it, it'll solve. It can change everything. It, it, absolutely. So let's just take a little time here and we'll read through these and comment on them as we go and um, and see what happens. So 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, Amplified Classic. Why don't you start reading? The first, uh, first one, verse 4, says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. Do you have any comments on that? <laughs> well, there's, I mean, it pretty well speaks for itself. Uh, love, it says love endures long. It means it's not a passing thing. It's not a passing phase. It's not a phase we go through. It, it means it doesn't last for five years and then we're done with it. It lasts long. It endures forever. It says it's patient. We've talked to, uh, uh, we're not got, we haven't gotten to the P's yet, but patient. You have to be patient with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You want them to be patient with you. You mm-hmm. need to be patient with your spouse. And the things that you want them to do, the changes you want them to make, mm-hmm. you have to have patience. Yes. And kindness. It's so important to be kind. If there's any one person on the face of the earth that you need to be kind to, it is your spouse. Yes. And if you're kind to your spouse, it will have rich rewards because it will uh, cause kindness to well up in them. The, the kindness will be returned to you. You know, I've seen couples be kind to everybody else except to their spouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not good. No, that that is very discouraging for the other person. Uh, love is never envious. It means that we're not uh, envious, and it also says boils over with jealousy. We can't be full of en- envy and jealousy and have a healthy relationship, healthy and we, marriage. And we talked about jealousy mm-hmm. under J, so if you missed that, go back in the archives. So let's, we don't need to go over all that again because we spent quite a bit of time talking about jealousy yes. and not being jealous. Yes. It's not boastful or vainglorious. It means that we don't think more of ourselves in our relationship than we should. We yes. don't think that we're better than our spouse. Um, 
we've come across a lot of people who they really honestly in their heart of hearts thinks that they think that they are better than their spouse in basically every way possible, uh, spiritually, um, that they're a better person, uh, that they're smarter, and that will uh, not give you a healthy marriage if you think you're better than your spouse. If you have something in your spouse that you maybe think that you're better in, start thinking about things that they're better in because I guarantee you to you that they are better in some things than you are. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, should we move to verse five? Mm -hmm. Now, verse five may well be the most, uh, the, the, the verse that you might want to put the most emphasis on. Mm -hmm. And let me, let me read this. At love, talking about this unconditional love, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Now, it is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. So, uh, we ought to not be rude to one another. That's right. And uh, and that and that's uh, that that's that's sad when we've seen a lot. Of, now we've seen a lot of good marriages mm -hmm. over the years. Uh, so I don't want to accentuate negative. You know, we've seen so many good, wonderful mm -hmm. marriages. Absolutely. But you know, we're, we're we've seen some that aren't. And one of the characteristics that we've seen in marriages that aren't is is rudeness. Mm -hmm. Just one spouse just being rude to the other mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll be nice to other people right but but they'll come to church and be nice to everybody at church again anybody can put mm -hmm. their best foot forward for an hour and a half at church right but then they'll go home and just be so rude to their spouse so so if you're if you're acting the way you should and, and walking in the, the bible says we're supposed to walk in love as christians you're not going to be rude sharp 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 <laughs> sharp or brief with them, or, or, or uh, oh, I don't know what the right word is to say, but but be nice. Be nice. Be nice. Yeah, gruff. You're not gruff. Be gruff. Yeah, gruff. That's yeah, but it, so it's not rude, unmannerly, uh, unmannerly. You know, uh, when <laughs> we were uh, after we got married, I didn't act like this before we got married. But after we got married, you and I were out somewhere at a restaurant, and we were eating ribs, <laughs> ribs, R-I-B-S, ribs. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, and I got a little uh, little excited about the barbecue sauce. And he I, likes a lot. Yeah, and I'm More eating, barbecue sauce probably than anybody you've ever met. And I'm eating those ribs, and, and I wouldn't have done this when we were dating, but I, you know, I wasn't thinking about it, and I guess the honeymoon had worn off. And I was over there, I was getting real happy with these ribs. And, and I looked up at you, and you had this ghastly look on your face, like you know, like, like you just like you like you didn't want to say anything, but you, you know it was it was it was more than I could bear. It was more than you could take it. It, it was an awesome. It was ugly, it was a bad sight, and so uh, it would have been a good commercial for the restaurant. Commercial for the restaurant. I was having me. I was having some fun with those ribs. Anyway, but so I've had to learn, and I haven't completely reformed totally, but but, uh, but I do do better. I try to do better, and uh, uh, but but you know that's you know it's a funny thing, but that's being you know being rude. You don't want to sit there and be grossed out every time you look up at me because I got rib rib or uh, barbecue sauce slopping all over the place. You know that's you're gonna lose your appetite. So that you know that's kind of a funny example, but. 
you know, we, we don't want to be rude. So let's move on here. It's not rude, unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. God, love, God's love in us. Now here's one. Does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Now they're right there. That'll solve a whole lot of marriage problems, right? right? I mean, that'll solve maybe 75% of the marriage problems. <laughs> That we've, we've heard the right saying, there. it's my way or the highway. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work in marriages. No, no. That's a, that, to feel that way, it's, it's got to be my, my way. It's like a suicide mission for, yeah. your, for your marriage. There's got to be healthy, uh, healthy biblical compromise mm -hmm. in, in, in any relationship, right. and especially in a marriage, because I'm not ever going to get everything I want my way all the time, or you, mm -hmm. your way, because it's going to cause problems. So we've learned how to compromise and mm -hmm. give and take you know, not, nothing sinful or anything mm -hmm. like that, but, you know, I, like watching the television. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why we got more than one television in the house. You can watch what you want on one, I'll go watch what I want on the other. But, but you know, when we just had the one TV or whatever, we, if we're just going to watch one TV, sometimes you'll watch what I want to watch, and then there's times I'll watch what you want to watch, and, and you got me hooked on One Calls the Heart, and, and I guess I've got you hooked a little bit on golf. I probably got more hooked on One Calls the Heart than you got hooked on golf. I wanted, <laughs> golf to, well, I wanted to see that one season, who that woman was going to pick, that which of those two guys. And I, I guessed it right, too, yeah. didn't I? But, but you got to compromise mm -hmm. on, on what TV shows you're going to watch. or What restaurant you're going to go to. Yeah, you know. Or, how are you going to decorate your house. Right, or these sorts of things. Yep. And a lot of, lot of uh, and, and, and those are some less serious mm -hmm. things, but even more serious things. And couples, we've seen so many of them that they just, it's going to, the one spouse says, it's going to be my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And and uh, that's just not healthy. Well, it's and, showing that you don't value the other person. That's right. And then we've also seen where one of the, one like the husband sometimes will be more passive mm -hmm. and the woman more uh, non-passive or vice versa. And they'll just, one of them will just rule the roost mm -hmm. and just run everything. And that, that's not, no. those marriages are never all that they could be no. or should be. So we, we shouldn't insist. What does the Bible say? Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Yes. I, we could talk forever on that, right. but I think we've made the point. Right. And then for it, love is not self-seeking, is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. Touchy. Touchy, touchy, touchy. Oh my goodness. We can all be touchy. Touchy. We can all we all be touchy. That'll solve times. that would solve a whole lot of marriage problems because one of the one of the what is it, spouse? What is it, spice? It, the singular for spouse, spice, I don't know. But one of the one of the marriage partners is touchy. Mm -hmm. Touchy, touchy, touchy. You know, just the littlest thing sets them off. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've had to work on over the years. I've always been more touchy than you. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been touchy, 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 and there we've even gotten down to the point where it wasn't what you said, but the way you said it, and then we got past that, but it was the look you had on your face. You know, touchy, touchy, just, and really, I was acting like a little, immature little baby, and that's really, I think, if you take touchy all the way back, down and, and wheedle away what's at the root of it, it's you're acting like a baby a lot of times. Yes, and women can be touchy at certain times of the month, or we can be touchy, get really touchy if we're overstressed or overtired or yeah. things like that and we need to 
we need to take a step back sometimes if, if we're starting to act touchy with the other person. And like I said, I've had a problem in this area, but I think I've, I, am I not better now? You're tons better. I'm tons better, mm -hmm. but uh, I had to work on it. Mm -hmm. And to not let every little thing you say or an inflection of your voice or whatever set, you know, make me upset or angry because you don't mean nothing by it. And this is not what you said. It's what I interpreted. And, mm -hmm. and But touchy, touchy. And we must not be touchy. If we're walking in the love of God, we're not going to be touchy. Mm -hmm. Okay? And it says, the love of God is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no... Oh, boy. Here's another one. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It takes no account of the evil done to it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Now that means somebody's been wronged. Mm -hmm. They yep. have been wronged yep. and they pay no attention to it. Right. They, they don't store up those hurts in a bank inside of their heart. Uh, it's real easy when somebody offends you, your spouse offends you, to just store all that hurt and offense up. And uh, it causes you to be more resentful and more guarded toward your spouse and mm -hmm. closed off to your spouse. But if you walk in the love of Christ, this love that we're talking about, you're not going to take uh, take those suffered wrongs and store them in your heart. And all this is talking about is all these scriptures that we're reading are talking about being like Jesus. Yes. Jesus acted this way. He he was wronged in every way possible, but he took no account of it. He didn't store it in his heart, and he uh, gave completely and totally of himself. When he's hanging on the cross, mm -hmm. it takes this kind of love to say, Father, forgive mm -hmm. them, for they know not what they do. I yes. mean, so yes, he acted that way, and, mm -hmm. and he is love. He's love in the flesh. Mm -hmm. But but again, it, you know, it's hard to not pay attention to a suffered wrong. It's very hard. That, that's I mean, that's easier said than done, but the Bible says we, we must do it. And mm -hmm. it, if the Bible tells us to, to do it, it we're, we're capable of it. With, mm -hmm. By the, the help of the help Lord, of, help of the Holy Spirit, yes. yeah. And so, but but that that is something right there is uh, just to repeat it. It's important. You've suffered a wrong by your spouse. Love pays no attention to it. Yes, pays no attention to it. And we could go on and on, but let uh, that that would solve a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of problems. Uh, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. And verse six, it says, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Um, then verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. So in there, I think the one thing that jumps out at me, it's ever ready to believe the best mm -hmm. of every person. Yes. And I've watched you do this. You've always believed the best about me. Mm -hmm. And that's really blessed me over the years. You've always believe the best when you probably shouldn't have been but you did it anyway and that see this is something you do on purpose yes you and this the, the, what we're talking about here doesn't have to do with feelings mm -hmm. whether you feel like it or not it's it's unconditional mm -hmm. so you're going to do it whether you feel like it or not right and i'm going to do it whether i feel like it or yes. not we're supposed to and uh and so you know you've always believed the best of me and i appreciate that and that's what god he always believes the best of us yes even when we're not acting right mm -hmm. You've always believed the best in me, and it makes it makes you a better person when you know that your spouse believes the best of you. It just raises in your own self-esteem and your feelings about yourself. It just raises you to a higher level. Level if if you have a spouse that loves you that much that believes the best of you all the time. And you know, uh, 
walking in love towards one another, walking in the love of God, we've been able to endure everything that's come along in our life. We've been able yes. to endure it, and uh, we've had a lot of good things happen to us, and we've had we've had some things that that aren't good that's happened to us, and this love has uh, has got us through those tough times. Yeah, and uh, I've read. Uh, many places that when couples go through really serious problems, like difficulties in their life, um, not not between them, but, but, you know, like a house fire or a death in the family or something like that, a lot of times that can cause that couple to become distant and separated and even to the point of divorce. The loss of a child. Loss of a child. Yeah. But... Um, when you're walking in the love of God, those things need to draw you closer. You need to find strength from each other yeah. and comfort from each other, not yeah. not grow separate from each other. Absolutely. And you know, um, verse 8 really says why love is so important because it says love, this this God kind of love, mm-hmm. it never what? It never, never fails. It never fails. Never fails. It never fails. That's why if couples would walk in love, their marriages wouldn't fail. Right. Their marriages wouldn't fail if couples would just walk in love. And remember, you can't change your spouse. You can only change yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can pray for your spouse and all of these things. Wonderful. But you can't ultimately change them. But you can change yourself. And so if you're having marriage problems out there, you just start, you start walking in love. Start doing these things. And the Bible (laughs) says love will never fail. Yes. Okay, the next one, we, we, we're done with the L's, and yeah. now we're going to go on to the L's. We're only doing one a letter, one word that starts with L, but that's okay. Well, we did some L's last week, I think. I don't know, but, but you know, how can you beat love? That's right. Love is the best word that starts with L. Yep. So then we'll just, I think we did it, did enough with L. Let's, let's talk about one more letter today, and then our time will be gone. Let's okay. do this definitely M. The next one is money management. Oh, of all money the things, management. well, besides love, of all the things that we could talk about, money management causes the biggest problems in marriage. It it really causes bad problems, and uh, it's gotten to the point that if we marry anybody, you know, anybody that we marry in the future, we're going to insist that they get a credit report on each other, because people lie about their finances. Uh, people a lot of times are in great financial trouble and they don't tell the person they're going to get married to. And we've seen that in probably three different marriages that, uh, four marriages, it played a part that the person wasn't truthful about their financial state before they got married. And when they got married, it was like the other spouse was in shock and, uh, didn't understand why the person lied to them. And then, you know, uh, the person, they got married to this person with bad finances, then it became their responsibility also. And it's just not a good thing. So uh, this is a really, 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 really important part of marriage. It is. And before, when we were entering the pastorate, going to be pastoring a church, I knew we'd be counseling couples as it pertains to their marriage. And I thought way back, way back, many years back, decades back, I was much younger and I... I, uh, I thought that the major thing that people were, couples were going to come in having problems with was in their sexual life. That never came up one mm-hmm. time. And we, we counseled so many couples. That never came up one, not one, not one single time. But the, the, the thing that came up the most, and it's not even close, at the top of the list 
was money management. Right. They, they, and it wasn't even that they didn't have enough money in their, you know, that they were making enough. They were making enough, the husband or the husband and the wife together. And, but it was the management of it. Right. It was, the, I should say, the mismanagement or the lack of management of it. And that, I mean, that really was a major, major problem in so many couples that came in that were having marriage problems. Right. And, and, you know, were you going to say something? Uh, you can finish. Or are you going to move on? Because I want to say yeah. something before we get in. Okay. Uh, you know, we could uh, we could do a whole series mm-hmm. on money management. Yes. We could do a whole series on it and spend weeks on it. But we don't feel led to do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can really sum up. <laughs> I can really sum up money management, you know. Then we're going to say a few more things about it. But I could really sum up weeks and weeks and weeks of, of study uh, with this next next statement I'm going to make it, it goes back to there, there's a uh, uh, there's a newscaster here that does a, a uh, investigative weekly reporting. investigative reporting here in St. Louis on one of the local channels and, and he titles it you paid for it and he looks at governmental you know misspending and things like that and uh, how tax money is not spent properly or whatnot and so he was doing this one story on this certain uh, uh, city or town here in the municipality of St. Louis, and he went in to talk to them, talk, talk to the mayor, and uh, and the city was you know on the verge of bank, bankruptcy, yeah. and and, uh, and and he asked the mayor. He said to her, he said, Mayor, he said, uh, how would you sum, how would you sum all this up? Why are you having so much trouble here in the city and you're about to go bankrupt? She said, well, Elliot, oh, his name's Elliot Davis. Uh, (laughs) He's a newscaster here. She said, well, Elliot, it comes right down to this. We've had more going out than what's coming in. (laughs) And then the the camera switches back to him in the studio and he says, that'll do it. (laughs) I mean, and so you can have all the all the spreadsheets and all the budgets and this and that, and that's necessary. And if we're going to talk on budgeting, we, you know, most couples don't have a budget. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a budget. Most couples don't have a budget. They, they don't. But, you know, we can sum it all up in that right there. Mm-hmm. If you've got more going out than what's coming in, you're in trouble. Right. You're in trouble. And we found with most people, um, their income isn't the problem. No. It's how much they decide to spend, that they uh, mm-hmm. adopt a lifestyle uh, that is higher than what their uh, paycheck will accommodate. You know, I've seen big movie stars and singers that they wind up, they ought to have mil- multiplied tens of millions and even a billion dollars, some mm-hmm. of them. That one guy I'm thinking of, you know, I thought he was a billionaire, and he, he basically dies bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And... And why is it? Because they, he spent he, so it doesn't matter how much you can make tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. a year, but if you spend more than that, you're still in trouble. Right. And so, uh, but spending has mm-hmm. been a is a is a major problem, particularly when you got one of the one of the marriage partners wants to you know be be mindful of money issues, and the other one is a spender, spender, mm-hmm. spender, spender, spender. That's really difficult. Mm-hmm. That's really really hard. So money management. Um, so go ahead. Uh, when you get married, it's really important to join your finances together. Um, when you get married, it's a covenant relationship. Everything that he has is mine and everything that I have is his. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's that's a covenant. God, God calls that a covenant. That's how covenants are set up. And also in our state, 
uh, when you get married, everything that your spouse has is yours and everything that you have is your spouse's, all your assets and uh, all your liabilities. So you mean it's not everything that's mine is mine and everything that's yours is mine? And <laughs> no. don't work, it doesn't work no. that way? No. But what people do in marriage a lot of times is they, even though they're married, they keep her money and his money. And they, you know, well, I'll pay for the house and you pay for the electric and you pay for this and I'll pay for that. And, and they separate themselves financially when they're supposed to be together in a covenant. And it just uh, never works out. It never works out. I've good. never seen one marriage. I yet. saw one. That, I saw one. You saw that, one that worked. That they worked together worked good with that. I haven't seen one yet where the marriage was all it could be when their finances are separate mm -hmm. because of the covenant. But, but you know, he'll make money. She'll she'll have a job and make money. And and the way they operate, this is my money. He'll mm -hmm. say this is my money, and that's her money, and she does. Her spend her money the way she wants. I spend money the way I, my money the way I want, and they're never together on that. And you know they'll have some sort of an agreement where certain money will go into a fund where they'll pay their bills or house mm -hmm. payment or whatever. But it's pretty much his money and her money, and and it's a covenant. And like yeah. you said, we have to be one in everything, mm -hmm. and and unity in everything. And I I have never seen one yet, and that's been all that marriage has been all that it could be or should be. When the money separated, it right. needs to be one. We've always done that since we got mm -hmm. married. We've always had our finances one together. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. And it's worked well. Right. And the, the question comes up. Oh, can I say this? Now, it's okay if one of the couple, like, like I've always handled the finances. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Ever since we got married, there's certain things you did, certain things I did. It just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. I've always overseen the finances. But I always show you the books and you look at them regularly, you know, a couple times a year and I'll go over everything with mm -hmm. you. And that's worked well. Right. All right, go ahead. What were you going to say? The question comes up a lot of times, uh, what happens on second marriages or third marriages mm -hmm. or whatever, because half the people in the United States get divorced and a lot of those get remarried and, and they take along with them assets from their first marriage and maybe both people have kids and they... Or maybe they have retirement plans that they, you know, half of it goes to the the former spouse and all kinds of all kinds of things factor into those kind of things. And so those are decisions that really have to be made with the husband and wife together. And a lot of times a lawyer needs to be involved in it, um, unfortunately. And it, it can become very complicated. Well, you're, you're talking about like on a second marriage or a third marriage mm -hmm. where he's already, you know, he's been working for years or she's been working for years they've got children from previous right spouses and whatnot so you're saying that that like on a second marriage or third marriage there ought to be communication right in those situations and sometimes even a, you said have a lawyer involved have a lawyer to involved have it all discuss ahead of time right to keep from fights later right that right. makes a lot to of work sense. together mm -hmm. and it's really important it's so important that uh when you're married you make decisions together and think things through um like like are we going to go on a ten thousand dollar vacation are we going to put ten thousand dollars toward our mortgage you know um usually like uh pastor terry said there's one person that is more frugal and one person that uh, enjoys spending money more and what i think the best solution is in that situation is come to the middle come to the middle on that yes, yes. um you know, uh, maybe save some and maybe spend some, yeah. you know, come to the middle, have an agreement in the middle, and then both people will feel like they've been heard and both people will feel like they, you know, 
can have a part of it and do what they, you know, what they enjoy yeah, doing. Yeah, I mean, I believe in saving money. And again, you need to have a budget out there. Everybody needs to have a budget and you need to abide by it. But uh, but be that as it may, I've seen, uh, I'm thinking of some people now where they've saved everything. Mm-hmm. Other people, they've, they've spent pretty much everything. And you're right, there needs to be a balance. And, and you know, like on saving everything, that's important to save, but you want to enjoy life too. Right. I mean, you don't want, do you want to save all that money up to buy, you know, to buy walkers and wheelchairs? I mean, you know, I'm not believing that we're going to be in a walker or a wheelchair when we get old. It's, it's trying mm-hmm. to be funny there. But, you know, you want to enjoy life as you right. go. But but you can spend, you, you can save too much, you can spend too much. Right. It needs to be a balance. A lot of times people end up at, you know, 65 years old and they don't, they still owe 100% on their house. Oh, my that's gosh. That's a really bad thing. Another thing that's really important uh, in a marriage with money is to be honest. To be honest, I worked with a lady who's, I suppose her husband was more of a saver and more frugal or at least managed the money and she was more of a spender. And so she would go out and she would go to uh, like a designer store like Saks Fifth Avenue or whatever and she would buy a whole outfit. She'd buy a hat, uh, a purse, the outfit, the shoes that went with it, jewelry that went with it. And because she knew her husband wouldn't agree with it, I don't know exactly how it all worked, but she'd keep it all in her trunk. And so like one week she'd take out one item and show him what she bought, you know, but she wouldn't tell tell him about all the other things. And then, you know, a few weeks later, she'd take out the next one. And so she wasn't being honest. And, and in doing that, she was violating the trust of her husband. Yes. You told that story in a previous session. Oh, <laughs> sorry. And, that's all right. And uh, you still haven't told me who did that, but but none of my business. But it was a lady at work. Oh, lady at work. Okay, so it wasn't at church. No. So any church, former church members don't have to be wondering who it was. So the lady at work. But uh, uh, yeah, she shouldn't have been doing that. You know, I want to say this that you know on on the budgeting and finances, uh, I've always counseled people to be sure you have your home paid off by the time you retire. Yes. If not sooner than that, right? And we've seen so many couples that they they'd retire, and like you had just said, but it needs to be repeated. They don't have their home paid off, right? And they're and, and they owe a lot of money on their they're house, in trouble. and and they're in trouble. And and by the time retirement comes, that you know they retire from mm-hmm. their job, and then they have to go out and get two or three other part time jobs just to exist. Pay their bills. Well, and they is, don't feel good. They, they, their body isn't the same. They're tired. They ache, and, but they have to go to work. Right. And when they should be, you know, you know, retiring and mm-hmm. enjoying their life and not having to work like they did when they were younger, now they have to keep doing it. And, and now there's exceptions. There's, you know, problems that happen in people's lives. It's beyond their control, mm-hmm. and they had to spend maybe a lot of their money on certain things, a surgery or what. So I'm not mm-hmm. talking about that. But but if you have a couple that they're you know get in their early sixties and they haven't paid their home off and they still owe a lot of money and they owe a lot of this kind of thing, it tells me they haven't managed their money properly mm-hmm. over the years. Right. I mean that's that's a pretty good rule of thumb. There's mm-hmm. exceptions to that, but pretty much that's the right. case. And we've seen a whole lot of people they're just not they're not financially able to retire mm-hmm. when they get in their early sixties, and it's very very sad. Yeah. Very sad. You got to manage money properly. So, you know, we could talk for hours on this, mm-hmm. but I think we're just kind of hitting the, some of the, some of the uh, high points. And uh, this this stuff here, we talked about it last week. Yeah. So let's move on. So the next thing we're going to talk about under M is manage your expectations. Yes. You know, uh, we grew up as little girls to think about Prince, Prince Charming and 
little boys. I don't know who they grew up thinking about Barbie or whatever. That's the thing now, Barbie. We think that uh, a spouse should be a certain thing. Um, we knew a family one time that they believed that when their daughters got married, that the man had to uh, have a house paid off, have his car paid off, and he also had to have an extra car for her uh, that was paid off, had to have his education paid off, had to have his house totally furnished. Uh, by the time he was, I guess, 23 years old or 25 years old, and those expectations were uh, unreasonable right. and, and, and unreachable. I told, I told the one lady the one time, I said, you're looking for somebody who's about 50 years old. For, for her daughter? For her daughter. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we, a lot of times we have things in our mind that we expect that mm -hmm. our spouse would mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody that's going to be able to live up to all of our no. expectations. And no. sometimes we think, you know, if we had a, if a woman had a really good father, mm -hmm. they'll think that their husband should be just like their father. Mm -hmm. But he's not. No. He's a totally different person. No. Maybe your father was really good at cars but not good at carpentry, but maybe maybe the man you married is really good at carpentry and not good at cars, and you don't understand why you can't figure that car out. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We can't expect our spouse to be like this perfect thing that we've dreamed up in our head. Right, and, and I, I, I know who you're talking about there, and it, you know, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, wanting your daughter to marry someone that's going to be able to support her, mm -hmm. and, and, and that, that's good, that's all good, you want the guy she's marrying to have a, a be gainfully employed, and, and, and have, you know, and, and have, have a plan for his life, and all, so that was a good part of it, but yeah, that lady wanted, wanted basically her daughters to be marrying the, the, uh, you know, Prince, what's his name, Prince Harry or somebody like that, you know, who's a multi-billionaire, and that's just, you're not going to find that right. in a very unreasonable uh, expectation. So it's good and if you, you if you're expecting up. your spouse to be something that's really unattainable or unreasonable or just not them, yeah. you're always going to be disappointed. So it's really important to manage yeah. your expectations. Manage those expectations. Like, like, for example, now you're a great cook. Now, my mother was a fantastic cook, and you're a great cook. Absolutely fantastic. So I've had that advantage growing up, but there's sometimes men get married and, and their mother was a great cook and she did the cooking or their dad was a great cook. Let's keep it equal. <laughs> keep it equal. But, but, but then the, their wife isn't a good cook mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know, that, that can cause a problem. Mm -hmm. So you have to give your wife time to learn how to cook yeah, the or, last, or the husband if the husband's a cook. Last okay. thing you need to do is if, if your wife said, well, my dad did it this, what, what my oh. dad did or my dad did or, or my, my dad mom did, did or uh, a man and my mom did, uh, that's not going to go too far. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Well, one thing I did want to, I think we're done for the day, except for one thing I did want to, uh, I did want to say this back on the money. We said it last week, but I do think it bears repetition to have limits on your spending. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, like, like have a set amount where, like for example, I, I guess what would our set amount be that, that we wouldn't go out and spend over that amount unless we talk to one another? If you had to guess. I would say $50. $50, $100, somewhere mm -hmm. in there. So I think every couple, and it'd be different, it would mm -hmm. be different for every couple, but I think every couple ought to sit down and talk about, okay, how much can I go out here today and mm -hmm. spend without, without, you know, that it's not going to cause a problem. Right, and it's just a courtesy. Right. Like if I see a book or something that I'd like to get, I just say, you know, hey, I'm looking at this book. It costs, you know, 20 bucks. Is that, you know, do you have a problem with that? Yeah. And he's, he'll say no, and 
because we because because we we have it in our budget we have the ability to do that right now and so or if he says you know i need to go out and buy some golf balls i mean he doesn't have to ask me or i don't have to ask him but we do that out of courtesy but i think absolutely but i think every couple because remember i told that story last week Mm -hmm. about that lady who went to an evangelistic service and there was an unscrupulous minister Mm -hmm. and he uh she had put in a ten thousand dollar check without asking her you know getting you know talking to her Mm -hmm. husband and he's about to have a heart attack that's what we're talking about right you know i mean that kind of thing you wouldn't go out and spend five thousand dollars without telling me or five hundred dollars without telling me and talking or or i wouldn't do that to you so in money management there i think every couple ought to have a a, communicate and talk about what what number what's your number where if i go over that you know what's what 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 would really bother you and we can't uh what did it say up here we can't be touchy if our spouse disagrees with something you know like if i say honey i'd like to get a i'd like to get this book and he if he said well you just got three books you know, have you read them? Or he wouldn't say that in a bad way or any. He just asked me out of curiosity. I can't get touchy. Or the best response I could have is, no, I haven't read those books. Maybe I should read them before I buy another one. <laughs> and you do that to me too. Yes. I mean, we we have done that yes. over the years, and we've always worked through mm-hmm. that. So, but but it is important. It just yes. it goes back to that the C. Uh, under the C's, we talked about communication. Yes. Just have that communication, but have it in your money, and that that will be very helpful. Yes. And again, we could spend hours on talking about money management, but we just want to kind of keep it keep it surface level here. Mm-hmm. So I trust this has helped you today. Yes. I think we'll stop here and pick up with the N's next week. And the first letter for N is nice. We just want to be nice. nice. So we'll pick up there next week. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, it's important that you receive him. Hey, all of us are going to die one of these days. Mm-hmm. And and you're going to go one of two places. Your spirit. Your body will be buried or cremated or whatever, but your spirit lives on. And you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And hell is a terrible place. And God doesn't want anybody to go there. That's why he sent Jesus down here to earth, born of a virgin, and and was he died on the cross and was buried and raised from the dead, so that you don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven when you die. And all you have to do is, with a repentant heart, repentant heart, receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. So do that. I I, I plead with you. I beg you. Receive Jesus as your savior and serve him the rest of your life you'll miss hell one day you'll make heaven he'll make your life worth living in the meantime and and he can also take marriages that are on the rocks Mm -hmm. and turn them around and make them fruitful and productive so hey cry out to jesus he's there to help you and uh, other than that hey we'll see you right back here next Next week week. god bless you thanks hey you look so pretty and you look very handsome Uh, i appreciate (laughs) you helping me with this you're you're really doing a great job Thank you. So are you. All right. Well, thanks. We'll see you next week. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.